Father, thank you for the good songs. Thank you that the, for the promises of the things we sang about. Thank you for our, your precious son. It's in his name that we ask you to help us tonight and to speak to us and to encourage us. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. I was just a lump of clay. Sticky, slimy, laying in the dirt. I just sat there all day long, a lump of clay. But I had a dream. I was going to be something. I was going to be somebody. I wanted people to look at me and say, Ooh, ah, beautiful. But I was just a lump of clay. Then one day it happened. A man came walking down by the river. In one hand he held a bucket, in the other hand he held a shovel. He began digging around and feeling the clay around me and even tasting it to see if it's what he wanted. Ooh, pick me, pick me, pick me, pick me, I was thinking. He came walking toward me. He was getting closer and closer. And finally, he was standing on my head. He began digging around and feeling me and pinching me, and it kind of tickled. And then he took that shovel and he slid it down my back and underneath me, and he picked me up and he plopped me into his bucket. Then he carried me back to his shop. He brought me to his workshop and he picked me up out of his bucket and he plopped me on his workbench, or I thought it was a workbench. And I had a dream that I was going to be someone. I was sure that he was going to take me and fashion me on his workbench into something that was beautiful and that people would love to look at. I thought maybe he'd make me a beautiful picture or a beautiful vase that would sit in a palace or a place of prominence. I'd be sitting on a pedestal under some bright lights. And people would walk by and they would look at me and they would say, Ooh, ah, beautiful. And all of a sudden I started spinning and spinning faster and faster. I was getting dizzy and I wanted to, but I didn't. I held it. I felt his hands putting pressure on me, pinching me, poking, prodding, stretching, forming me into something that I just knew would be absolutely beautiful. And then he took me off the wheel, and he put me in a little box, and he closed the door. It began getting hotter and hotter and hotter. Until it was so hot, I began to sweat just dripping off of me. And then, in a while, he came back and he took me out of that hot place. And 
It took me into a room filled with all kinds of other beautiful pots and vases, and he put me, he put me on a shelf. I couldn't wait until he left so I could get a look at myself. And as soon as the workman left, I looked down and I couldn't believe what my eyes beheld. I was just an ordinary clay pot. I was not beautiful. I was just a clay pot. Finally, one day, a man came in in princely garments looking at all of the pots. And I was saying, pick me, pick me, pick me. But he just ignored me and he walked right past me to the beautiful vase sitting on the shelf next to me. I felt so sorry for myself. My dream was shattered. Many others came through that shop, but nobody wanted me. Then a small boy came in wearing tattered, dirty clothes, looking for a clay pot. And I said, don't pick me, don't pick me, don't pick me. He couldn't possibly afford me, though, so I probably don't have to worry. I must be worth a $1,000. But he came over to the shelf, and he picked me up, and he paid a penny for me. You mean, that is all I'm worth? A penny? The little boy took me home to his tent. I wanted to be in a palace. He placed me on the floor, and then he poured lima beans in me. Lima beans. I, lima beans? I hate lima beans. I don't know about you, but lima beans kind of hurt my tummy. But there I sat on the floor of that tent full of lima beans. The longer I was in that tent, I could tell that the owner of the tent was a man of some importance. He seemed to be a general of some kind, and there seemed to be some kind of big battle coming up. He had an army of 32,000 men. One morning, very early, while it was still dark, I heard the general talking with someone I couldn't see. I heard this voice tell the general that his army was too big. Too big? And he said, yeah, you need to reduce it down. And so he reduced it down from 32,000 men to 10,000 men. And the voice said, that's still too big. Reduce it some more. And he reduced it down to 300 men. The inside of the tent was filled with excitement, and it was preparation time for the battle that was coming. The general said that each man... Each man in his great big army of 300 men needed a torch, a trumpet, and a clay pot. Don't pick me. Don't pick me. Don't pick me. Not me. I'd rather stay here with the lima beans. They're going to get massacred in that battle. Please don't pick me to go. But guess what? He picked me, and the general dumped out the lima beans and picked me up and carried me out. He had a torch in one hand, me in the other hand, and a trumpet on his belt. 
the closer we got to where the enemy was, all of a sudden he put me over the top of the torch. I found myself on top of a burning torch. I could hardly breathe, and I was choking to death. And the general told all of the men that they were to wait for his command and then take the clay pots off the torches at his command and throw the clay pots down onto the ground. What? Throw the clay pots down onto the ground? I'll be broke to bits. All of the men got into place. They surrounded the enemy army. And the general gave the command, and they all raised their pots. The general raised me high in his air, in the air above his head. And I'm saying, oh, no, no, don't do it. But he did it. He threw me to the ground. And I broke into a hundred pieces. The men went on to win the battle. But they left me there, lying in the dirt. Alone. Broken. I would never be important. And people would never look at me and say, Ooh, ah, beautiful. For centuries, I just laid in the dirt. And then one day, a man began searching the ground very carefully around where I lie. And they carefully, he carefully picked up all of my pieces and he glued me back together. And there I was, a cracked pot. But these men, this man, after he took me and put me back together, he took me to a big city, to a place called a museum. And, and, and they, put me, they put me on a pedestal under some very bright lights in this museum. And they put a label in front of me. And as people walked by me, they would look at me in all of my cracks, and they would say, ooh, ah, beautiful. One of the reasons that people thought I was beautiful is because I was broken by the hand of the general. And those cracks made me beautiful. That's a little different turn on Gideon's story. But I would like to take a few minutes tonight and just think about broken vessels and beautiful lives. Broken vessels and beautiful lives. You've got your notes before you. And... and uh, I just want to ask you tonight, are there any areas in your life where you've been wrestling with God as to the why of it all? Is there anything in your life that's caused you to ask about the why of it all? Have you ever asked God, how come you're not like someone else you know? I have to be honest with you, I have. I've been like this clay pot in our story today. Not content with certain aspects of God's overall purpose for my life. When I start to think about that, I have to remember certain things about God, about broken, 
vessels and beautiful lives that help keep my perspective right. And I hope some of these things will help you tonight. In Isaiah 64, verse 8, Isaiah 64, 8, it says, And yet, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are the potter. We are formed by your hand. Sometimes when we wonder about what God is doing, we just need to remember that God has made us, he has formed us, and he's carrying out his purpose in our life. Number one, God is the God of broken plans and busted plays. God is the God of broken plans and busted plays. God is sovereign over everything that happens in our life. Nothing that happens to us and nothing that we think is a handicap to us has taken God by surprise. He has marked out our path. In Jeremiah 10, 23, he says, I know, Lord, that our lives are not our own. We're not able to plan our own course. And it's a good thing because God has it marked out for us. Sometimes you may think that life is just one big broken play and none of your plans are going right. But always remember, God is in charge and not us. And he will have his way in our life. What seems broken to us is often right on course with God. Number two, cracked pots bring glory to God, not to themselves. Churches are full of crackpots. Kathy and I read this week when we were up at the marriage retreat that our church services are the most powerful when they are full of broken people, and I believe that. When our church services are full of broken people that know the one who has designed them, knows all about the cracks, that's when there's power in a church. I find joy in that because I love to see how God has put together the pieces of a broken life to bring glory to himself. Don't you? Nothing more beautiful than that. And, and so many times we're looking at the most broken pot and we're able to say, ooh, ah, beautiful. In Jeremiah 18.4 and the vessel, it says in Jeremiah 18, 4, and the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again into another vessel, and it seemed good to the potter to make. I love that picture. We may find ourselves cracked and broken, but we're still in the hands of the potter. And he's, we might be broken up, but he, we're contained in his hands. And he remakes us. And he reforms us into what he's designed all along. We usually get the most discouraged when we don't think anyone notices us or needs us like this pot. <laughs> but God wants you to realize that your life is to bring glory to him, not yourself. Number three, vessels often need to be broken to carry out God's purpose. They often need to be broken to carry out God's purpose. One of the ways is that broken vessels give off fragrance. Broken vessels give off fragrance. From our perspective, broken vessels aren't worth anything more than 
sweeping them up and putting them in the garbage can back there. But we miss the beauty of broken vessels when we only look at the broken pieces. The beauty really lies in the reason they were broken. Mary's alabaster jar was broken to minister to Jesus, to anoint him and prepare him for his death and burial, and to fill the room with a sweet fragrance. It's a human nature. It's, it's our human nature to, to see the broken pieces and miss the sweetness that has resulted from their breaking. In Mark 14.3, it says, Meanwhile, Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon, a man who'd previously had leprosy. And while he was eating, a, man, a woman came in with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume made from essence of nard. She broke open the jar and poured the perfume over Jesus' head. You see, without that broken vessel, there's no ministry. There's no fragrance. God delights in brokenness because when we're broken, that's when ministry happens. That's when the fragrance of Christ is spread to those around us. Broken vessels give off light. Broken vessels give off light. What good are they? Well, we'll just ask Gideon. His broken pot revealed the lights. It caused commotion. It frightened the enemy. You see, when we give off light, the enemy scatters. Because it's the light of Christ. It represents power. It represents purity. It represents his purposes in our life. Our brokenness can reveal the light of Christ in the same way Gideon's broken pot revealed the light of the torches. So what good is a pot or a vessel that's so tightly put together it would shroud the light that God intended to shine forth? I don't want my vessel to be so tight that the light of Christ can't escape my life, do you? I want it to come out. I want it to shine. I want Jesus to be seen. And if it takes cracks and brokenness in my life to have Jesus be seen for who he really is, it's worth it. Our brokenness can reveal that light. You might say, oh man, I feel so broken up and worthless. And I say, good, good. Because the more cracks you have, the more light that escapes. We need to view brokenness from God's perspective in that brokenness can be darkness piercing. In Matthew 5, verse 14, he says, You are the light of the world. You're the light of the world. A city that's set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. If there's ways we can let our light shine, it's to be in order to glorify our precious heavenly Father. Number four, God delights in using common pots. He delights in using common pots. I know a lot of you feel like this pot in our story today, because I feel like that. 
You feel like maybe you're just common, unusable for noble purposes. (laughs) You might even feel like you're just a container for lima beans. You might feel like no one notices you and no one thinks you're very usable. And I just want to tell you tonight, if that's how you feel, rejoice. Rejoice. Because God delights in using things that people think are unusable. That's how God works. If you've been plagued by those kind of thoughts, bathe your spirits in this next portion of Scripture. In these words from Paul in 1 Corinthians 1, 25. The foolish plan of God is wiser than the wisest of human plans. And God's weakness is stronger than the greatest of human strength. Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose things The world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. God has united you with Christ Jesus. For our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy, and he freed us from sin. Does that sound like a totally useless broken pot to you? Number five, God's definition of beauty is much different than ours. God's definition of beauty is much different than ours. Ooh, ah, beautiful. Have you ever thought about God saying that? There might not be another human being in this world who says that about us. But God says that about you. How incredible is that? There's nothing as beautiful as a servant of God who's marred with cracks from the battle and still carrying out his design function from the master. To God, you're beautiful when you're carrying out his purposes for your life. The crackpots who are waiting for the acclaim from fellow crackpots are waiting in vain. The crackpots who are getting their worth and getting their affirmation from the Heavenly Father, yes. But the broken vessel who's waiting from the words for the words from Jesus, well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord, are waiting for the ultimate, ooh, ah, beautiful. They are. Truly broken vessels realize this world's way of measuring beauty and usefulness is way below God's way. Remember, I've got this in your notes, that the only thing that makes any pot ugly is its desire to be something other than that for which God designed it. You may be striving for beauty, but if you're striving against what God designed you for, you're ugly. But if you're fulfilling God's purposes in your life, no matter what station you find yourself in in life, it's beautiful. 
Isaiah 29, 16, surely, he says, surely you have things turned around. Shall the potter be esteemed as the clay? For shall the thing made say of him who made it, he did not make me? Or shall the thing formed say of him who formed it, he has no understanding? In Romans 9, verse 20, it says, Who are you, a mere human being, to argue with God? Should the thing that was created say to the one who created it, Why have you made me like this? When a potter makes jars out of clay, doesn't he have the right to use the same lump of clay to make one jar for decoration and another jar to throw lima beans in? Garbage in? In the same way, even though God has a right to show his anger, and his power, he's very patient with those on whom his anger falls, or who were made for destruction. He does this to make the riches of his glory shine even brighter on those to whom he shows mercy. He, his, his glory shines bright on those of you who are blood-bought by the precious blood of Jesus. If you feel like you're a crackpot, you should rest in the fact that God is in control and wants to bring glory to himself through you. See, that is why I was made, that's why you were made, to bring glory to our Creator. And every one of us can do that. The difference between victory and defeat is this. Defeat views brokenness as a result of your circumstances. Victory views brokenness as a work of the Master's hand in our lives. Isn't that good? Defeat views brokenness as a result of your circumstances. If if you're always looking at your circumstances, you're feeling at the bottom of it. You feel like you're laying at the bottom of a swamp trying to suck air through a straw. But if you, you'll experience victory when you view the brokenness in your life as the work of the Master's hand in your life, in my life. Some of you may feel the crush of circumstances today. I I don't doubt that. Could I encourage you to choose to feel the pressure of the Master's hand instead? Molding you, shaping you, and directing your life for His glory? If you can get past looking at the circumstances and look to what you can do to glorify God, and really you glorify God by saying, yes, God, to wherever you find yourself, And you shine like lights in this dark world. Let's pray together. Father, you're amazing to me. Your your ways are not our ways. They're totally opposite of what we think or do. The pressure the world puts on us is way different than we experience. The pressure the world puts on us to uh, measure beauty and worth is not the same standard you have. Lord, it's perverted. Yours is pure. We ask you to show it to us. Help us to believe it. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.